welcome back to the What the Folk Sunderland Review Show. It's been a challenging week and for the first time in ages we probably come on here feeling a little more doom and gloom than we have done throughout the season. So if you want to cheer it up, listen to another Sunderland podcast because I've got the feeling we might not be that chirpy this evening. But um, it's just two of us today as Ross and Brad are glory hunters who only like joining after we get wins. Um, there will be tax soon, luckily enough for you listeners. So it's just myself and Dave Lawrence today. Dave, I feel like it's been... Um, I feel like it's been months. I know it hasn't been, but I feel like it has been ages. How are you doing? Are you all right? Yeah, not bad at all, mate. Yeah, it has it has felt a little bit like that, hasn't it? A couple of weeks passed by and it's been a really busy February for me with stag dues and whatever else. But um yeah, it's it, it unfortunately seems like a very long week this week, doesn't it? Because of the way things have gone. But um yeah, I suppose we'll try and pick through the pieces and see what we come up with. Been a, a fizzy February, as you called it, a fizzy February. There's the uh, title of the pod. Um, <laughs> as you as you said, it's an annoying two one defeat. Um, I was second annoying two one defeat of the week. I think it goes to prove how how long a week is in football. It's a really really long week because I obviously was speaking to Ross after the the Bristol City game last week, and we were like, "Oh, that was a kick in the balls," but. You know, it is what it is sort of thing. Like, predominantly, we've been all right. Bristol City are a good side. We're inches away from getting a, another win on um, at the stadium and, and being fifth off top. That's nothing to complain about. And, and two weeks later, we've been kind of bullied out of two games, essentially. I'm sure we'll dig more into it, the reasons why. But two 2-1 two, defeats back-to-back and, and not the best performances. We're talking a fair, a fair few hours afterwards now, Dave, but how are you feeling about it? Yeah, exactly that bit annoying. I, I knew I'd, I was uh, I was at work, so I had it on in the pub uh, while we we're serving meals and and I had a few locals around the bar while while I was working. And I said at one nil down, like literally get a tenner on us, getting back to one one. We we will score. I didn't quite expect us to go two down before we did score, um, which is annoying. Listen, there's plenty of things to pick through. Referee was an absolute shambles, which I'm I'm sure is one of your main points of the evening. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to discuss them, do you? But Jesus Christ, well, I mean that was pathetic, the dear. There's there's so, and I haven't seen any of the post matches or anything like that. But I'm sure Mowbray must be doing his absolute nut tonight because it was horrific. Um, frustrated, frustrated, and it's one of those where. You look at the games on paper and you think, right, if you get one win from the two of them, that's absolutely fine. To get no points from six, we haven't got the momentum anymore. That brings Coventry into the playoff contention. Yeah, there's probably more negatives than there is positives tonight, unfortunately. Yeah, and you know what? I think if you listen back to... We've even said it on this. Like If you listen back to the the podcast over the, the season, we've, we've came in with much more positives than, than negatives. There's been, obviously, the occasional game and stuff like that. But tonight, I don't know, I'm I'm annoyed. Like, I very rarely get involved in the, the Twitter discourse because, well, I've got far too much anxiety to be on the phone arguing with strangers all night, if I'm completely honest with you. Um, far too much anxiety to be arguing with my mates nine times out of ten. I just do podcasts because it feels like something I enjoy doing. But, like, I got involved a bit tonight because I'm frustrated and it's, it's something that we kind of... There's a few things that a few different fans have picked up on months beforehand that this might happen. And God, I hope that we're proven wrong again. Um, like we had been a couple of times this season. But let let's just start let's just start with the striker thing. 
Um, I know that's what people are thinking about. I know that's what people kind of want to get into. It's a thing that pissed me right off. Um, look, I'm not writing anyone off just yet, but but let's start with Joe Gildhard. Um, it was another game for me where he was ineffective. And, and I know he scored you in the week against Rotherham, but you missed an absolute sitter, um, which is, I don't know. Like, you can't spend every week going, oh, well, if, if that was Ross Stewart, because even if we'd signed another striker, which we're going to get onto that as well, we still wouldn't have Ross Stewart. But I'm not writing anyone off, right? But but what are your thoughts on, on Gildard? We spoke about him after the Millwall game. We've now had four or five games. Look at him. What, what are your thoughts, Dave? Yeah, he's a little... He's a little terrier type, isn't he? Possibly, in hindsight, would have been the perfect foil for Roscoe. Um, and we're obviously, unfortunately, not going to see that. Um, it's a lot of pressure on him. He, he's learning, he's trade. Listen, I, I think we messaged after after the Rotherham game the other night. He can't be offside. And I know he's only a kid, but for where we're at, he can't be offside for that header. He's looking across the line. He knows exactly where he's at. It's absolutely schoolboy, but are we putting too much pressure on him because of the fact that we miss Roscoe and we do? Like, listen, you can have a back four, you can have a back five, and Ross Stewart works all of them, and they know they've been in the game every single time. It, and that's where the frustration comes from. I, I, Gelhart shouldn't be in this position. It's as simple as that, and and that comes from that comes from the top. Listen. Speakman's getting a lot right. Me and you have often said we don't think he's he's perfect. Nobody's perfect, but the centre forward thing is a joke. And I I do subconsciously think that the reason we didn't get a centre forward slash another centre forward who would not guarantee us goals. Listen, we've been with Will Grigg before in League One, not guarantee us goals, but give us a better outlook and a bit more physicality and so on and so forth. Speakman's, I think it's the board basically turn around saying we're not quite ready to get promoted. And and that's a shame because when the chance is there in front of you, you should be giving it a go. Listen, I think, I don't know the exact result, but I think Borough got beat again a day. Um, Borough are the ones who are probably solidly in the playoffs. They're probably the ones who have got that little bit of a breakaway and they're going to be in there without a shadow of a doubt. And we played them off the park uh, like a month ago. And that's frustrating to to think that they're going to go in the playoffs. Who knows, might win it. It's a lottery. But they get into it and, and we've, we've absolutely battered them. And there's a chance we may not make it based on the fact that we've unfortunately got some fragilities which only appear, of course, when you get beat. But Young legs, tired, long season, not the biggest squad, not the most experienced squad. I, I just love being right. So I'm hoping we finish 10th just so I can rub Brad's face in it. And I said we flirt with the playoffs and finish 10th. <laughs> be fair, that would be spot on if that was the case. I'll tell you what, I don't really like reading out um, managers or players' quotes or anything like that because I don't think it really always adds much to the podcast. But I thought, um, I thought it was really telling what... Tony Mowbray said in the aftermath of the game today, just because of what he said about Gildhart. Um, he said, I don't know what the opinion of Coventry fans would be of us, but I think they thought, I think they would think we're an all right football team. If we had Victor Jock or Reznor team, we would have comfortably won that today, I think. 
That's not knocking Joffrey Geldhart, and this is the important bit, who is a boy, but just the power and size of Jokeres. Put Ross Stewart in today, and I think we would have won that football match. Now, for me, I mean, he says this is what he goes on to say. We needed men in the box to help young Joffrey, who's only 20 years old and has never played games consistently in his life because he's been in the Premier League and has been a sub lots of times. It's the first time he's ever been asked to start football matches, and it's a big ask for him. I feel a little bit as if we're going into games without the tools to win a football match, really. As we have done for most of the season because we've been out Ross and Ellis Sims. Now, I'm going to get further into my thoughts on the signing and all that kind of stuff. But I think that, to me, if that's not Tony Mowbray spelling it out in black and white that he's a little bit cheesed off, he's had to do most of the season without a striker. I don't really know what is. And look, I know... Some people are bored of the striker thing. I know there'll be some people turning off just now. I know there's going to be some people that are going to completely disagree with me. I know there's going to be people that are going to agree with me. But for me, this is the second time this season we've kind of come back to the striker thing. Um, we've banged on about it for months, to be fair, even when we were winning games. We talked about it, me, you, Brad, Ross, we've all talked about it. Now, we've had four or five games without anyone but Geldhart. Um and I think, you know, for, for balance, I, I understand the club have looked. I understand the Sims and the Stewart situations were both very unfortunate. Nine times out of ten, you're not going to get your striker getting a season in injury and Everton recalling a striker that's not going to play back. It's not going to happen. And like I said before, I don't normally get into the Twitter discourse when it comes to Sunderland, but I, I did today. And, and a few people um, had different opinions to me. You could say defended the decision not to sign a striker and backed up with, you know, their reasons why, which is 100% their opinion to do so. And I think some of the comments I picked out were just, um, you know, the likes of Chris Martin and Conor Wickham were all that was available. And we don't want to panic like we did with the Will Griggs situation years ago. All completely valid points, but just from, from my point, this is where I'm frustrated with it. Now, you're not all going to agree with me on this. Some of you might, I don't know. Um, but I think we're all pretty much in agreement that Christian Speakman has brought in some real youthful, talented, hungry players to the club that have massively improved us. That is, for me, virgin on fact by the progression that we've had. He's built a huge database. He's proven that he's got good scouting. He's proven that he has an eye for a player. And he's done that pretty much since he's been here. So why do we feel that when it comes to having a striker or he's non-signing of a striker, we would end up with a Will Griggs situation and that all the planning that he normally does would go out of the window. For me, he didn't sign a striker because A, he didn't push hard enough, or B, he arrogantly thought we could get by and that the players were not something the club were actually chasing, a bit like you said before. And for me, people can disagree with that, but I think that's poor. And I know it may be one of the most controversial things I've ever said on here because, let's be honest, nine times out of ten, I ask the questions and don't make too many outlandish statements to save my, my mental health. But um, I care about Sunderland an awful lot as a club and I just think we've been left short. And and that's just my thought on it. And I know some people will agree and some people will disagree, but that that's just my thoughts on it. But, Dave, I'll, I'll throw the question back to you. Um Look, things could massively change next week. We could go and back to Stoke 5 0 11 goes. Remember when that Graham said about how bad speakman was? Yeah, that's fine. That's I put my head above the parapet by doing this podcast, and that's just what happens. Sometimes I'm wrong and sometimes I've got egg in my face. If Sunderland are winning, I've got to be honest, I don't give a shit if I'm wrong. Um, as long as we're winning, I'm not bothered. But 
we're talking about the Coventry game here. How much of an error do you think it was not signing that other striker? Listen, I think we've I think we've both been in massive agreement of that. Like, I'm I'm not saying that um, I'm not I'm not saying that he's he's done a, a, a the perfect job, and I'm not saying he's done the worst job. But I understand the model. I understand how we do things now, and I understand that. But there has to be some flexibility in the model. There has to be. Now, don't get me wrong. At the same time. I do not. I, I wouldn't have wanted Connor Wickham. I wouldn't have wanted Chris Martin. That's my personal opinion. Um, I would have taken the guy from Coldplay. <laughs> like, I would have yeah. taken that Chris Martin because you just don't know what you're going to get with that, do you? Well, he'd have probably bored defenders to sleep, so he might have. Uh, he might have had a clean one on one. Lovers, <laughs> keep on the road you run. <laughs> Um, so I understand that the free agent market wasn't possibly somewhere we could have went to. Although I'm sure there was a couple of foreign names on there, which I thought, do you know something? Might get six months out of them. But then I understand the argument of they'd have been injured, well, not injured. They wouldn't have been much fit. It takes you a month to get them fit. But saying that, we could have had a month of Joffy up front and doing what he's doing. And then we could have took the pressure off him a little bit. We obviously haven't got that option now. Um, listen, and, and the flexibility in that model that I'm talking about comes from the fact, and everyone's going to throw back in my face now that I've said this, but the flexibility in that model comes from the fact that Ross Stewart should be tied up to a new deal by now. Even before his injury, he should be tied up for a new deal. Now, we're surmising, we're guessing, we, we don't have... We don't have solid information, um, but we think that they're possibly lowballing them a little bit because they don't want to go above and beyond. Listen, like goal scorers deserve the money. Ross Stewart is absolutely massive for us, and we know that. We can see that before when he was injured. We can certainly see it now that he's injured because how many games have we? sat here on a podcast and gone, if Ross Stewart had been playing, this scenario would have happened better. He would have took that chance. He would and it's true, and that's based on facts. So yeah, equally as frustrated as you. And like you say, listen, from from now till the end of the season, the next team that goes five games unbeaten with three of them as wins and two draws suddenly solidifies their place in the playoffs. And that might well be us. That might well be us, but we've let Coventry back into it the day. West Brom have beat Borough. It's it, it's one of them frustrating, and 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 I think I said the last time I was on probably a fortnight ago. It's going to be unfortunately, and you know, that still stick me neck out. It's going to be one of them seasons where we go. Can you imagine if we had a Ross score or another centre forward who gets us goals, puts themselves about? It's probably going to be a season of what-ifs. We're never going to know, unfortunately. And, and I know, I, I think if you listen to like the first few months of this podcast, this season, you'll hear me saying like, oh, 15th, that'll do. Yep, 15th. But like, 
the more we were winning games, the more that it crept up with me where our position was and the chance we had, the more I was like, oh, actually, you can't really pick and choose promotion. And it just feels like a massive opportunity. And I think, to be honest, for me, if we'd signed like a a striker, like a sort of focal point, shall we say, um, and that hadn't worked and we'd gone to shit, then I'd probably look more on that. Well, that was unfortunate what happened to Ross Stewart and God, I would have still been frustrated and felt that we'd have missed opportunity. But I feel like we've just kind of like, ignored the opportunity a little bit. And I know some people say, oh, you know, like you don't want too much too quickly. And it definitely is people in the fan base that I think it's too early to go up and, and they're absolutely entitled to that 100%. And I think a lot of the, the points they raise are valid. My dad's one of them. Um, I've had out with him tonight, but he, he's raised a lot of valid points and I've raised a lot of valid points from my side. And we've, we've, we've discussed it like two men, <laughs> like about it. But but for me, I'm just, I'm just, I just don't think you can pick and choose when you get promoted. Like, we don't have Diallo next season either. And, like, don't get me wrong, we might even come on to that. He hasn't been too great the past few weeks. But we do lose players next year because the lone players end up going back, um, which is obviously really frustrating. But 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 anyway, um, it wasn't the only reason we lost today, right? It, it was a contributing factor. Um, for me, there was, there was a couple of reasons, and I, I kind of scoured Twitter to see what people were saying and what the kind of general consensus was. Of course, we're going to come on that blooming referee, but um, it might just be me, but I thought Danny Bart and Dan Ballard got absolutely ragged all over by Jokeres today, and it's the poorest I've seen them play. And I felt like our midfield over the past couple of games have contribu- contributed to us losing games because I think Daniel and Mishu look a little bit like when you kick them up a height, they're a little bit wet behind the ears. And that's fine. The young boys learn in the game. I'm not saying it's their fault. But again, it comes down to how much are we missing the likes of Corey Evans and that experience in the middle, which was being touched on previously. But 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 what were your thoughts on there? What 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 kind of went wrong for you? I know the striker situation contributed to it, but I've mentioned Danny Barton Ballard there. I've mentioned the midfield. Is there anything that stuck out for you or are you kind of in agreement with me on that? Exactly that, mate. I, th- I think Rotherham as well. Um, teams of and Mark Robbins teams notoriously have always been the same big strong physical men who know the game with a we're couple just of innocent men <laughs> with um, with the odd creative player in there listen apologies for the pronunciation but York is he, he's a Premier League striker Joker is. <laughs> you you rejoke I have. He's not playing. <laughs> Mind saying that, like, and it sounded like I was hammering Danny Bart and Ballard there, who I think have both been basically like brilliant every game up until today. That Joker is is some striker. Like, if he could, if he could score, yeah. the lad in the preview show said he misses the easy chances, and it was so right the day he missed those two cracking chances, but he created them both through sheer yeah. brute strength. Yeah, um, definitely. He, he's a he's a level above in the Premier League. To be fair, he's the mm-hmm. he's the closest. He's a different player, but he's the he's the closest I've come to thinking. Yeah, him, Ross Stewart, they're probably a level above where they're at. Um. So yeah, I, I think I think it's, I totally agree with you, mate. For as much as Ballard and and Bart have been absolutely phenomenal, they got a bit. Um, they got a bit of a, a lesson the day, and I must admit, I must. Like, I think if we managed to sneak up this season, and I don't think that that's going to happen, but if we did, 
it just shows you, I think attacking-wise, I think we'd be fine. I think we'd create bits and pieces and I think we'd score goals. However, defensively and midfield-wise, we would get bullied off the park, left, right and centre. Um, and I totally agree with you. I think Mishu and Dan Neil, I think people said it before, like it, it should be one or the other with someone else. Who that other person is going to be with Corey Evans injured is, is debatable. But it's it, it was a little case of men against boys today. Listen, I, I presume you're coming on to it next. The referee was an embarrassment. I think Patrick Roberts should have had a penalty if he hasn't blown for the handball. I think there's two fouls out on the right wing before Coventry score. Uh, honestly, I go on all day. The bloke was an absolute farce from the from, from what I saw. And that's how it goes when things are going against you. Listen, we're, we're not in a bad position. It, it's just going to become frustrating if we don't get into the playoffs because of games like this. And, and we have to talk about officials and we have to keep calling them out because there's just no excuse for it. It's disgusting. Like, that that was... Abs- We've had some bad refereeing decisions, uh, refereeing displays this season. That was the worst by 25%. It was disgusting. Before we go on to the ref quickly, I'm assuming if you think we'd score goals if we went up, that's if the striker was fit, right? Obviously, we would not <laughs> score goals at the moment. <laughs> no, I, I, I right. So... If Ross goes injured, we will create goals. Uh, we'll create chances. chances. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's had a Guinness tonight. <laughs> if we the have pain. Ross Stewart, there's every chance we win the Premier League, but that's just my opinion. Well, of course. Well, I thought that. I've been thinking that for a while. Um, you're right, though, with a ref. Like, I mean, I can't remember at what point on this bloody podcast that we decided to speak about referees because I remember making like a real conscious decision when we used to come on beforehand and be like, I'm not discussing a referee, even if there's been like a fairly interesting or controversial opinion. And I feel like like seven games in, we were like, bloody hell, like what's going on with the rest in this division? And it's just continued to where like every week there's something. The other week we had the Swansea referee who wasn't, was really not great. Um, I argued the red card wasn't a red card for Luke 9. I might be wrong with that. I don't know in hindsight. But a lot of the decisions in that were awful. But today, he was just guessing. He was just guessing. He was literally just guessing. And, like, there was one point, I don't know if anyone's seen it, I think it was oh, it was when Diallo got booted by about four or five different players. And then for some reason, he got booked because one of them decided to try and yank his leg off at the end. And then, um, is it Kyle McFadgen? Kyle McFadgen walked over at the ref and was like, you're not going to book him. And then the ref booked him. And I was like, the the only thing I would say about referees, right, and it's just a a slightly different point, that tackle on Patrick Roberts, I'm not saying it was a red card, but it's borderline, because it's a a scissored tackle. That's a borderline red card, where if you get it, you kind of go, it's a harsh red card. But it's out of control. It is reckless. So you could make an argument for that being a red card. But not one of our players got in the ref's ear and went, hang on a minute. Like, and I'm not, look, I don't like, I don't like players surrounding the referee, but we're seeing every other team do it where they surround the ref. 
And it feels like outside of Lugo 9, we don't really have anyone in that team that's got a little bit of know-how and it's really easy to bully us. And the concern now is moving forward when you're playing teams that are limited, like Rotherham during the week. Sorry, Rotherham fans, your league position does say that you're more limited than other teams in that league. Um, They'll go, well, if you just kick the young lads for a bit and try and shithouse them a little bit, We'll get away with it. And they've got now up front, so they'll just pass it around the box for ages because they've got no centre forward. And we'll just try and make a goal at the other end. Um, but yeah, mate, the ref, the ref was honking today. Look, we've had some bad ones this season, right? But just to kind of finish on the referee, was he the worst? Because he was for me. Yeah, I, I just agree. I, I think we've I think we've seen exactly the same game, mate. And uh, to be honest, I think me and you see a lot of things very similarly. I, I just, I, I just don't even think I've got words for it, Graham. It's, it's absolutely, yeah. I mean, these guys are professionals. It's not like before when they were, when they were just like, you know, floating their way through it and kind of anything was allowed. Mace, yeah. I, how did, I how did Diallo get kicked four times and get booted? Yeah, it's, it's. Honestly, yeah, I, I genuinely, it's probably not very good for a podcast because I haven't got words, but it's absolutely, I'm telling you now, and I, I heard it a few years ago and I totally agree with the sentiment, referees should be forced to come out on camera. Now, not bullied, not given anxiety, not like tormented or anything like that, but they should be forced to come out after they've watched the the key point which to be fair he could have had 74 so he probably wouldn't have been able to do a post-match interview for about an hour and a half but come out and say listen this is what I saw this is what I saw why have we got invigilators who are sitting watching referees when things like that are still happening that Jesus Christ that's it's absolutely I'm... disgusting that's what annoys me a bit about refs is that you see them make a decision and you see a player go well what have you given that for and the referee does the more like teacher thing of like, you listen to what I say and you can see him yeah. wagging the finger. Just explain your decision because some of your decisions are so baffling. It needs explaining. And like, I don't want to come on a podcast and get annoyed about referees. I don't want to come on a podcast at all when we get beat, if I'm honest with you. Because um, I know just I'm going to pee someone off with something I've said and get shite back for it. But my, I don't want to talk about referees. But like, you cannot not. Like, if we just went, right, let's not talk about referees. I can guarantee you, the 10 people that listen to this, n- number eight or number nine would say, I can't believe you didn't discuss the referee because it's such a talking point. Um, but anyway, you know what? It's done. Like, it is what it is. I'm not frustrated, honestly. I'm not going to put my head through the laptop, I promise. Um, God, how things changed in a week. I was buzzing last week. I was fine. Um, but I think... You know, ultimately, it's, it's pointless. We cannot change it. We, we cannot change the striker situation. We can't change how the recruitment was in January. Um, this this is what it is. It's basically we're crying over spilt milk. And next week, we've got uh, Alex Neil Stoke coming up. Um, can't change it now. So how, how do we go about beating them next week, Dave? What do we What do we do? It's not like we're playing like a really great team, is it? In in Stoke, they're not in form either. We're not, but. He'll know exactly how to play against us. He'll know exactly how to get up against the referee. Like you say, we're not very savvy with it other than Luke 9 It's going to be another battle. Um, if 
I always say the same. I, I said the same when we played Wickham in the in the playoff final, um, because of the type of team that Wickham are. If in the first fifteen minutes we get the ball down, we play football, we pass them off the park, we'll go on and we'll win comfortably. I've no doubt of that. However, if they manage to, as Mowbray has already alluded to this season, silence the crowd a little bit, get us a little bit frustrated and whatever, we're in for a long day. I guarantee you set pieces will be massive for Alex Neil, um, which again is not our strong point. Be interesting to see Mowbray's selection. Uh, I genuinely think, <laughs> hey, let's let's look back 18 months ago, 12 months ago, and listen to podcasts with Dave Lawrence on them. I would never have said this, but Lugo 9 needs to start. Simple as that. Somewhere, I don't know where, whether we play back three, whether we flip, you know, whether he plays at right back, just for his aerial ability in comparison to other people. And because of the way that he plays football, he needs to start. At the, it's hard, isn't it? After a week of that and after two defeats and and being shit house out of it, unfortunately, not necessarily due to due to the players, but referee decision as well. It feels like it could be a long a long game. But Fingers crossed we, we, we get our foot on the ball. There was part of the day. Listen, we know how we play football now. And everybody else knows how we play football now. It's as simple as that. Um, we will create chances. We will create space. Fingers crossed we manage to start fast. I think that's really important. Yeah, I mean, look, obviously it might feel like quite a negative one. But if you've lasted this far, uh, fair play first and foremost. Um and second of all, like there was parts of today that are nice was we looked nice in football. Patrick Roberts is ridiculously good. Diallo's goal was a, a beauty, just too little, too late. Um, I agree with you on Luke 09. I don't know where I'd put him, if I'm honest. Uh, because I although I thought Bart and Ballard were honking today, if I'm honest. Um it's like the one game they've had that's been poor in about twenty odd. Um I like try Trey, sorry, at right back. I keep saying try, his name's Trey. Um at right back. And I'm not sold on Luke Nine in midfield, but for me, one thing Luke Nine will do next week, he'll put the first tackle in. He'll let the lad, whoever he's up against in whatever position, he'll put the first tackle in, let him know that he's there. And the crowd's gonna be up for it next week. That's one huge plus we have now a favour next week. That's going to be a bit of a cauldron next week, I think. And I don't like talking up like Fortress Stadium light and all that kind of crap because it always comes back on you and bites in the arse. But the fans will be up for it next week because they don't feel anything but animosity towards Alex Neal. Almost 95% of fans, I think. Even me, who was quite defensive of Alex Neal and when he left, if you listen back to the podcast, because he left us to watch another club while he left us managerless in a game. Um, and I think collectively as a fan base, we we absolutely 100% find that unforgivable. So it will be a cauldron next week. But my final question is, yeah, it will be a bit of a cauldron next week, Dave. But is that not the kind of atmosphere that Alex Neal might actually thrive in, do you think? He might do, but I will I will end the podcast on a, or certainly my part of the podcast, on a, on a positive note. And the simple fact is we now have a team that we can be proud of. We now have a team that will not crumble under the pressure. We have a philosophy. We have a mentality. We have a togetherness, which is evident to see. 
Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's been largely a frustrating one today, hasn't it? Um, hence why Brad and Ross decided to chicken out. But um, yeah, you know what? Like, I, I agree with a lot of what you said at the end there. I certainly don't like look at the players and go, oh, I hate every one of them. Like, I actually loved a lot of them. Um, confidence in the manager. I'm frustrated about certain things, which I've alluded to in here, but overall, like I'm a lot happier than I have been for a long time with Sunderland. So and I'd be very happy if we win next week for really obvious reasons. But it's a tough game. There's no easy games in this division. Um and we all know that decisions and moments in games, especially at this level, can can change. But you've got to go in confident. You've got to think the better side based on league positions and based on how we've played. But um yeah, you know what? Frustrating, difficult. We do it no matter what the result and Hopefully, people have enjoyed that. And uh, if not, no harms. That's all fine. Um, Dave, thanks very much. Yeah, mate. Uh, sorry. You forgot, you, you forgot you couldn't find the mute button there, could you? <laughs> <laughs> so what's that again? <laughs> no, mate. Absolute pleasure.